out there and welcome to the Holy Hour podcast, the bi-weekly all-cure podcast. I'm Gavin. Thanks for joining me. And welcome back or welcome for the first time. This is the first episode of the new season, maybe? I don't know. We call each year a season, uh, but it's 2019 now. That futuristic sounding year 2019 in the year 2019 we're still talking about the cure further proving the genius and longevity of this band and uh, we're happy to have you here whatever the case so welcome I hope your holiday season wrapped up smoothly and uh, you are easing into the year 2019 with us and uh, we got a pretty easy laid-back episode for you this time it's just gonna be me um, talking to you guys nice and casual but I wanted to have something on deck here for you guys I'm doing a lot of traveling over the holidays and and uh, was a little worried getting back in time to uh, record or mix even if I re- managed to record something on my holiday travels probably wouldn't have time to get back and edit it you know the fancy editing job that I always do and deliver for you guys um, I just wanted to make sure there was something on the plate for you and we've been planning this one for a little bit uh, so we got a covers episode. Yeah, we've been doing a few of these since the uh, start of this show. So this might be like the third or fourth one. We kind of take a different angle on it this time. This one's pretty chill and just a uh, a few handful of covers, new and old. Some slipped by my radar or I just never really gave full attention to. And uh, just mostly recommended ones though. Usually in the past we've done compilations, we've done whatever's hit and misses throughout but uh this one i'm pretty much in favor of all these tracks so just a few i wanted to throw your way and i hope you enjoy some of them as well but before we dive into uh the covers that we want to examine for this episode and how has been uh we kind of tacked it on to the end of the last episode because it was in flux at the moment but um that one day that one glorious day at the end or mid-december um where we uh, heard that it was official, that The Cure has been inducted, or will be inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, A lot of mixed feelings on the nomination process as it was happening, but once it got official, um, I think everybody's on board with some level of excitement. Uh, Tickets are apparently going on sale in January, so it could be happening any day now, um, if not already. Um, We're not quite in January yet, but... um, so yeah, some of us might be trying to go to the ceremony uh, on, on first glance of wave of news. It said that the induction ceremony, who knows, they probably only play like five songs or something. But I mean, how many times do you get the chance to see The Cure and Janet Jackson on the same bill? So who knows? Uh, range anywhere from 90 bucks to 2000 from <laughs> was the first wave of scoop that we've heard so we're gonna try i don't know it might be fun to try to go up to new york and see this but um yeah so more to come on that i think we're gonna do a, a whole rock and roll hall of fame episode with Chaz and donald so we got that to look forward to and um so that'll be fun to hash out all the details on that and uh get everybody's opinion in two cents and uh yeah while all this was going down we had like two main audio clips of robert smith and roger talking about being inducted and what an honor it was and they seemed genuinely you know pleased and happy but not through the roof you know like they were expecting it or it was a huge part of their um you know hopes and dreams as a child was to be in the rock and roll hall of fame but uh they seemed pleasantly 
um, you know, grateful. And uh, but the more important little nuggets that were coming out was that uh, work of a new album, and now it's being plastered all over social media, which is kind of hilarious. The way they kind of casually drop that they're, you know, working on something, and uh, you know, it just becomes this definitive statement all over social media now. The Cure's first new album, and over a decade will come out in 2019 and i don't know i think any cure fan out there just kind of knows don't totally put all of it in there until you have it in your hands but um you know it sounds pretty pretty damn promising to me and uh they didn't sound too wishy-washy in what they're saying i think the only real question is how far along is it really seemed to be a little bit of a mix in communication as far as roger's comments kind of made it sound like the album was uh just getting into the thick of recording like they'd already done demos and they were going to really get in and record in february which timeline wise doesn't really leave them much space because in march they start playing in south africa and uh all the festivals slowly start creeping in maybe they could go back in april and really crank it out but i mean that's like a month really of recording that doesn't sound right but then robert's uh uh interview snippet he made it sound more like they're finishing up and uh so maybe It'll be all wrapped up right before these festivals, and then in the festivals, they'll drop a few of these new tunes on us, and then uh, they're hinting at some kind of North American tour in the fall, whether that be for the album or just for, I don't know, maybe a fallish kind of uh, festival. I don't think so, but it was, I don't know. So maybe it was something just to uh, keep us satisfied, and then fall rolls around, and we're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, kind of the same way we were with the summer festivals. No uh, U.S. dates here. But we will get that uh, induction to the Hall of Fame ceremony. So <laughs> who knows? But uh, it's all good news. Um, mixed in with all of that again, the Tim Pope um, directed uh, film, it sounded like. Robert Smith was currently working on during the interview of uh, some kind of Hyde Park live show. Um, so... Definitely made it sound like it was more of a video release kind of deal. Maybe they'll put it all out as an album and a CD and show style, but uh, who knows? But that would be pretty rad. It seemed like a really great show and uh, seemed like a pretty important one to document in the grand scheme of things. So why not? You know, not totally crazy about another live one, but at the same time, uh, you know, you can't get picky. We'd love to hear a really good quality version of that show since. I was not there, so that would be great. But moving on, so yeah, we got hopefully more information coming on all that stuff. But uh, let's uh, let's focus on the important shit, right? Like uh, some random cure covers and uh, just a few that I have selected for you guys. So maybe uh, you can track these down on your own. I'll try to tell you where and what I know of each one, and um, and we'll go from there. But. Uh, Let's get this thing rolling, right? You're always down for some Cure covers. I am. Alright, first on deck is one that has been mentioned in past covers episodes, but I wasn't able to uh, get a hold of it for a while. It was a pretty tricky one to track down, but I finally was able to dig around and find some MP3s so I didn't have to subscribe to a vinyl subscription service or anything like that on uh, the album i'm talking about is frankie rose and um frankie rose put out in 2017 so it's already a little old now um but a full album cover version of 17 seconds and um one pretty rad because she's awesome two uh 
it's the full album so that's cool you gotta love that um just like the damnation ad one where they did all pornography how cool would it be to eventually have like a separate whole cover tribute album of every cure album that you could listen to there's a goal there's a goal for 2020 let's get it together people um so yeah, I call uh, Japanese whispers. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So uh, yeah, Frankie Rose, this thing came out on a weird kind of exclusive thing. That's why it was hard to track it down. It was through Turntable Kitchen. Um, and what I've been able to piece together, it's like a, a, a vinyl subscription service where, and they I don't know if all of it is that, but they do a series called Sounds Delicious. And what they do is they have bands cover full albums, put it out on vinyl, and they match it up with recipes that go well with the album. So, um, so yeah, this one, I'm not sure what the recipe was that you're supposed to eat while listening to Frankie Rose's 17 Seconds. But, bottom line being, this covers album is pretty awesome. And uh, I'm really into it. And uh, as I dug around a little bit more, it did look like now at Turntable Kitchen, you can't just buy the vinyl. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's really, it, it's like 25 bucks, five bucks shipping. Um, so that's cool. Cause I had a hell of a time trying to just find like, there was a snippet of a forest going around for a while when she first put it out. But, um, and if you're not fam- familiar with Frankie Rose, Dum Dum Girls and Vivian Girls, she was in those, those bands. Um, think is an original member i'm not really quite sure what role in each of those but definitely both two solid bands that um i've heard some great stuff from so uh if you're down with those two acts you'd probably like solo frankie rose um but yeah it's just super solid from start to finish um if anything they kind of keep too similar to the feel um of the actual album and we've talked about that in past episodes of the danger spots of covering cure songs is either you like kind of either do it too much like the cure and then it's kind of like well what's the point you know you might as well listen to the cure version or they try to just get really out there with it and change it up and um that gets dangerous because you're changing what's cool about the song so um what we narrowed it down to is that you want to keep it as similar as possible but at the same time be able to add your own touch where it sounds like you can appreciate everything about the song that we love from the cure but at the same time you know add something new the flavor the taste your own stamp whatever you want to call it of that artist that's covering it so i think that's the ideal way some people love it when you just totally fucking pull the floor out of a cover and really rearrange it but i don't know i don't really need to hear a fucking reggae version of never enough or something you know i mean it's like wow points for trying something different but you know it's stupid don't do that um or you know or you just totally rearrange the guitar parts into some other thing it's like that's not the song though that's great you know but um so that's where i think if you're gonna do it that's what you gotta do and this one definitely works i feel like it leans towards the a little too close because the music is like solid 17 seconds they fucking nail it like note for note everything um but it doesn't sound like to me like i would rather just listen to 17 seconds because it's like it feels a little more modernized so it sounds like a, a modern band playing these songs so that's cool and then the production's really cool in the studio where they really um 
pay attention to details in the way of like all the cool little details of the 17 seconds production the original but um so that's cool um her vocals are really awesome and that's kind of the huge takeaway is that it's different enough because it has her cool vocals doing it um so i feel like that cuts the difference between you know it sounding too similar to the old ones um so it's kind of a new take on the classic album is what, what i would say and the fact that um the super deep cuts get like you know it sounds like three and in 17 seconds the song are done with just as much attention to the detail as like play for today in a forest and stuff so it's just cool hearing those songs covered because they're doing the full album so i think that's where it really shines as you get to hear all these like super obscure kind of cure songs you know like reflections you know <laughs> shit that normally would never be covered on a you know just tribute compilation so uh so pretty cool and i think this is like a great thing to try to track down it would be a great gift for like a cure diehard fan now that you can just order the vinyl at a fairly reasonable price um so yeah if you if you fucked up at christmas and uh or are just one of those unfortunate bastards that have like a birthday in January, right after everyone's blown all their money on Christmas gifts, uh, this would be a perfect gift for somebody out there. Because chances are they probably don't have it, even if they're a pretty diehard Cure fan. And uh can't imagine a Cure fan not being pretty into this. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, a good gift idea out there if anybody's fishing. Um, and if you don't want to pay 30 bucks for the vinyl um, and, and you can't find it floating around digitally out there, just shoot me a message. I'll steer you in the right direction. But that's all I'll say. Wink, wink. So uh, feel free to drop me an email. But, uh, yeah, so here's a little snippet of Frankie Rose. Just uh, nailing 17 seconds, in my opinion. is another one that I think very fondly of and uh, I think did a great job and it's uh, Luna Fire in Cairo this also came out in 2017 somehow I just totally missed this one which was weird because uh, it's a covers album it's off of called Sentimental Education um, and it's a full Luna covers album and I love Luna so um, yeah I think I heard that it was like coming out but then I just kind of lost track and uh didn't didn't realize when it actually came out so um but yeah it's great i'm a big fan of uh dean wareheim wareham i believe believe it's pronounced um even if you don't realize it you're probably a fan of him too he's been in uh galaxy 500 luna dean and britta have a few albums and eps that i really love um all of which are, are great and amazing records so you probably already have some Galaxy 500 shit in your head that you didn't even realize was him. Um, and Luna, too. There's so many good ones. Just has this very cool laid-back style of his like guitar playing and vocals. Um, it's no secret that they're big Velvet Underground fans, so there's a huge... Uh, huge velvets feel to it and uh you know you can't really go wrong with that so um yeah if you're into any of that definitely check out all of his 
other stuff and projects. But uh, Fire and Cairo is another perfect example of nailing it um, and, and that perfect cure style that I prefer where they kept it very true to the original, but the style of the band leads how it sounds. You know, it sounds like a Luna song, but it's fucking Fire and Cairo. And, um, and yeah, so you hear everything that you love about Luna or um, anything Dean-related pretty much and uh, is obviously just the awesome song of Fire and Cairo, so it's kind of cool. And it's just a great example of like picking a lesser-known Cure song, um, and that doesn't happen often enough. Unfortunately, everyone wants to take one of the big hits or the big singles and... Uh, you know, just so more people recognize it. But, um, you know, when this happens, like I said, with the 17 seconds one, it's just so cool as a Cure fan to hear like the lesser known songs get their kind of nod too. you know. Um, so, yeah, even if, if you are a surface level kind of Cure fan, um, I think you could kind of really hear the light that's being cast under this song and, and makes you realize what a great song Fire in Cairo is, too. And um you know, he was quoted in saying that it was one of his, I think, if not the first Cure song he ever heard and really just loved it from the start. So that's why I chose that one and wanted to uh, not do an obvious Cure cover. Although, um, and we've talked about it in the past, the um, the there was like a Just Like Heaven, I think it was called, on American Laundromat Records. Um, put out a tribute album of a whole bunch of different artists and some pretty well-known ones. Um, but it was like not that great of a tribute because it was like all these artists I really like, but they kind of weren't really adding that stamp enough, I think. And it just kind of felt like, eh, it's cool, but it's not so cool, you know? And uh, Dean and Britta actually did Friday I'm in Love for that. So uh, kind of going back to what I was saying. Um, and it was cool, but it wasn't like exceptional. Like this one I feel like is super cool just because it's a lesser known song so that helps but uh just the way the production feels more like a luna song too so so i recommend this whole album um a uh sentimental education it's called um and more importantly just any original materials of luna and galaxy 500 dean and britta um those dean and britta ones are really underrated and she's got a great voice that's his wife and plays bass for luna and uh, she actually does the voice for Jim, too, from the 80s cartoon, you know? Jim, truly outrageous. So how fucking cool is that, right? I mean, you got Jim in your band. That should be an endorsement enough for you guys. So go find as much uh, Luna stuff out there. But uh, also this uh, this one, and I think it's pretty easy to find this. I think it's on iTunes and out there. So Sentimental Education. Here's a snippet of Luna doing Fire in Cairo. Well done, in my opinion. Um, way better than the Friday Men Love one, even though I do love Dean and Britta together. Um, but speaking of Friday Men Love, um, two new covers recently emerged. Probably the newest ones of uh, this batch that I wanted to tip 
uh, awareness to. And uh, the first one was just a random live show YouTube clip kind of thing that most Cure fans probably already got um, a notice on. If you're on any kind of Cure social media out there, anything, um, the Smashing Pumpkins at a live show recently um, <clears throat> covered Friday I'm in Love. And it was James Eha singing it while Billy Corgan was changing costumes or something. Um, okay. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it's cool. And it, musically, it sounded great. Um, it's hard to tell just from like a YouTube clip, but, uh, you know, all the guitar parts are getting nailed and done justice. Uh, his voice never really sounds that great to me, uh, but, um, you know, as far as it just being a fun song to play in their live set, that kind of cover, um, it sounded great. It was fun and, uh, cool that Smashing Pumpkins would add that into their set list, um, as far as anything that they're ready to do a studio version of or anything, I'd probably not even, um, and I wouldn't be that crazy for it, but, uh, at the same time, uh, pretty cool and worth checking out online if you, uh, get scooping around on, uh, YouTube, I think it should be out there, I'll put a link to it on our Facebook page, but, uh, yeah, so it sounded like they just cranked out Friday in Love and the fans went nuts, of course, because a lot of crossover there, I'm sure, um, so yeah, and, uh, and I do think favorably of Friday I'm in Love, so I'm not one of those people that will hate it just because it's Friday I'm in Love. But um, once again, you know, really, is that the song to cover, though? And it's not even like a, a, a knock against the song Friday I'm in Love and its poppiness or anything. It's just kind of like it's such an easy one to cover, you know, where it's like, okay. And along those lines, again, um, apparently Spotify does an exclusive sessions, I guess, kind of, you know, just something that you can get only on Spotify now. I don't know how long they've been doing that or what, but um, this is a super new one that came out just a couple weeks ago. Um, well, at the time of recording this anyway, um, and it's hard to find unless you're, you are on Spotify. So any of you subscribers are in luck, but otherwise it might be a little tricky to find. Um, you could probably find links just floating around from like Pitchfork or Stereo Gum or something, but um, Phoebe Bridgers has covered Friday Man Love for it, and it's an exclusive on this, along with her song Scott Street. And um, you know, for what it's worth, I love it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of hers, so that's like 98% of it. And um, yeah, she's great. If you haven't heard her, um, I think she's she's just showing gigantic gigantic promise at the moment and uh getting lots of great press everyone seems to be on board with her last album which i guess was 2017 stranger in the alps which is really good um just original stuff and uh she's touring constantly she i think she's got a new ep newish thing that she put out in 2018 as a side project with um julian baker um and another gal whose name is escaping me, but uh, Boy Genius. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, so it's definitely in that vein. If you like her stuff, you'll probably like that. So all that's worth checking out. Um, she tours constantly, like I was saying. Opened up for uh, Bright Eyes or Connor Oberst a lot um, before her actual album came out. So maybe if anybody was at any of those shows, you already saw her. I saw her uh, doing her own tour at a smaller venue here in Asheville, and it was amazing. It was definitely a uh, super mellow set, um, but she her voice is just fucking great, and uh, the band was really tight too, so that was cool. Um, so I totally recommend her solo or her actual material. Uh, Boy Genius stuff's pretty good, but I like her album. I uh, can't wait to hear the next one. She's definitely 
shows a lot of promise. So hopefully she'll keep the momentum going. Um, yeah, total weirdo too. She's just like this kind of weird alien, beautiful weirdo out there, but that kind of adds to the really cool charm, I think. And, uh, yeah, she can write a hell of a song. So pumped to see what she does, but back to the cover Friday. I'm in love. It's, it's annoying because I would have definitely liked to see her cover something other than Friday in Love if she's going to do a Cure song, uh, just because she does have such a cool, unique sound where it's pretty easy for anything she would cover to just have that uh, checklist marked off of, like, um, you know, has her sound to it, but she keeps it to the original. So, um, so yeah, it's good. It's very, it's slowed down, which usually can, uh, so back and forth sometimes when you just take the song and slow it down it's like yeah it's kind of the easy route but at the same time it's cool um i don't know i think she did great with it like you just didn't overdo it didn't change it up too much but just slowed it down and made it sound like one of her songs more or less um yeah most cure covers fall short too in the sense that like Robert Smith sings so passionately, you know, and really puts his heart into it, even if it's a goofy pop song like Friday I'm in Love, you know, it's it's hard to really sell it as good as he does or put the emotion into it the way he does. But um yeah, I feel like I'm convinced anyway, she really pours her soul into this cover and um and uh really nails it. So Friday's always such a hit or miss song with Cure fans anyway, that um I feel like it, it could just be judged on that alone. Um, but I think she's also the kind of artist that people either really love or just like ugh, don't want to have anything to do with. So, so it could be one out there. Let me know what you people think. I uh, I don't know. I think people will really love it or just be like totally nope. So, but I am down. Here's a clip. Immortal words of Fozzie the Bear. Um, moving right along, our next one is a getting away from the bigger name artist, and uh, but staying in the vein of great Cure songs, but technically probably shouldn't be covered ever again. Uh, we have Love Song, and uh, this one's by Brad Bird. And Brad Bird, I actually got a heads up on this song via Facebook page, and. Um, yeah, it wasn't by actual Brad Bird, but I'm assuming somebody on his team or management, and um, they reached out to us, and I'm so glad that they did, because it's a really cool take on Love Song. Um, it's very singer-songwritery again, so if you kind of hate that, then you might not dig it as much, but this time it's like a, a more male, male perspective, singer-songwriter vibe going on, and um, it just does a really great job with like the string arrangements and the overall production, and... Um, as opposed to just, you know, kind of doing like a solo acoustic version of it. Uh, there's a lot of cool, 
like drum loops started out and that merges into the actual beat and like tons of cool just kind of curious layering going on which creates a great atmosphere behind like some cool like guitar parts and vocals and uh, just really well done vocals and uh yeah I haven't had a chance to further investigate any of his original material or get what his full story is and such but uh, I definitely have it um in the back of my head when i get a minute i would love to dig around and see what i can find because i think i'd like this guy's original songs um so yeah it's a, it's a tough one to find so you'll have to probably go to our uh, facebook site and uh i'll have a link for this direct one and then uh we can all kind of go s- further searching from there i guess but uh yeah i'd like to hear what you guys think on this one too so leave a comment if you do go on on over there and uh let me know if it's too singer songwritery for you or if it's uh, right up your alley. But again, love song. You know, it's hard to hard to really crank out something new to this song, but it's such a beautiful song. You can't you can't fuck it up. Oh wait, actually you can. Three eleven. Remember that whole mess? <laughs> so yeah, further credit to you, Brad. Good job. You you didn't didn't make it a reggae rock, whatever the fuck genre that was that is already dead and gone, so, uh, hey, good job. from the singer-songwritery vibe. Um, and it's definitely not my style of music generally. Um, I, you know, I do kind of dig this heavier cover of Homesick by Rosetta I've stumbled across. It came out in like 2009, so this is a pretty old one now. Um, but yeah, I just didn't, you know, it just popped up on some YouTube playlist or some shit. And I was like, oh, what is this? And uh, Again, I have no clue what the rest of the band stuff sounds like. I uh, don't think I'd be that into it just because of the style, but I kind of dug this one. Um, apparently, it was like one track on a split CD. Um, not quite sure how it was like officially released, but in the style of like a split 45 or something. Um, there was two tracks from a band called East of the Wall, two tracks by one called Year of the Light, and then Rosetta had a homesick cover at the end of it. And um, like I said, it's pretty heavy, but um, not sure if you'd call it like full-on hardcore or emo or what, for lack of genre terms. But um, but yeah, it it it's uh, like the piano part is replaced with like heavier guitars and it's crunchier, but not like full throttle in that direction. So it's still very like recognizable as homesick but it's you know kind of like they just up the level of intensity to it and uh it kind of works surprisingly well and um yeah it'd be cool to hear like the actual cure play it like this but with robert's vocals and uh especially around like the self-titled era when they're trying to get all ross robinsy dingus whatever you know like <laughs> that vein i think it would work really good mixed in with that set if they played it like this but um you know definitely not a permanent change, but something kind of cool to hear in a different vibe. 
And uh, the only part that loses me on this cover is like the second vocalist, I'm assuming. Um, uh, the second vocalist comes in and he's kind of doing that cookie monster shit in the background that hardcore stuff does. Uh, just like, eh. which, you know, I know a lot of people love. So I know it's just a preference thing. But um, but that mixed in with the semi-normal vocals from, from the main vocals just doesn't do it for me, especially by the end when he kind of takes over. Uh, I'd much rather the original guy just stick to it because he sings it pretty solid and, uh, you know, regular and uh, not just full blasted. And uh, just, I don't know, they could have left out the uh, kind of vocals and just stuck with focusing on the crunchier guitars is enough, I think. And uh, But, I mean, it's probably the whole band's style for their original material or other songs, so you can't really tell that guy to... to just not saying on this one, <laughs> but at uh, same time, do you really have to include him? I mean, he's kind of like Enar, right? Or Fred Schneider. You got, sometimes you just got to chill the fuck out and stand in the back while, while the other people do it. But yeah, they uh, definitely took it down a different path, which is cool. So points for that. And, uh, but still stuck to the structure of the song and, and, you know, like I said, made it recognizable as homesick. It would be curious to see what Chaz and Donald think of this one since they are, uh, definitely more in favor of the style of music um not sure if there's other red flags that would tip this off as cheesy or what but um yeah i'll stick with my slow jams but i'd like to wonder what those guys would think of these of this harder edgier version of homesick so uh i don't know this shit just makes me anxious though so i I can't praise it too much but i like that it's different so here's a snippet to show you what i'm talking about recommend one in the complete opposite direction no cookie monster here no vocals at all actually and uh, this is just a total YouTube find um, and it's uh, Victoria and I'm gonna butcher the last name Yorma Leva um, Victoria I think she goes by Vika uh, the web YouTube site is VK goes wild I'm not sure if that's an actual band that she plays under too or what but it's basically an instrumental piano version of Underneath the Stars. So um, very beautiful, very lovely. And a really, it really just kind of shows you what a great song and underrated song that one is. Um, I won't gush too much about the actual Cure song too much because that's coming up on our 14, 413 Dream review. And um, it's a real shining moment on that album, I think. And I, I don't want to totally uh disclose all my love for it right away because you got to make those count when we're talking about the later albums so uh i'll hold off on gushing about underneath the stars in general but um just in a like solo piano way i love the way the emotions come through and are playing and it just sounds really nice to me um as this you know instrumental and uh and i love the sound and the range of the piano so much um 
I mostly play guitar now, but I grew up playing piano. Initially learned everything I do, the little I do know about music on piano. And uh, so I, I don't know. I always have a soft spot for piano sounds. It's probably my most like easily listened to music where I can just totally lose myself in it. And it's a very therapeutic instrument too. You can just kind of really just play for hours on end whether you're writing or playing something or just dicking around it's it's very calming for me and um it's one of the few things in this world that really puts me at ease and and gets rid of my anxious nature um but yeah i love it it's it's so nice and just to hear somebody play it this well i wish you know i could play better um but it's just great the way she fucking owns it and uh yeah you can find her on youtube um she, I felt a little creepy since it was a YouTube find, like going down a rabbit hole of like trying to figure out more information on her or what. But uh, she is an actual performer. Uh, went to school for music, and um, from what I could tell, uh, it was from Ukraine. Resides in Germany now, and uh, did look like she had a couple shows popping up, so performs pretty regularly. And uh, yeah, tons of covers on the page. I don't know if she's an official YouTube sensation or what, but. Um, uh, lots of like heavier bands too. Like there's like Metallica covers and Iron Maiden and shit. So, um, so yeah, it does some cool kind of just interpret interpretations on these like heavier rock songs and, um, yeah, it's worth checking out. So definitely go on over to our Facebook ch- page too, where you can, uh, hear this, this particular song. And, uh, if you dig it, keep digging around some more, but, uh, yeah, she, uh, she fucking owns it and seems like she's doing well with it. So... Here it is, underneath the stars.
I generally don't like to talk about my own music too much on the podcast. It sounds like I'm trying to push it or something. And um, But in this case, it'd be even goofier that I, I did this without telling anybody on the Cure podcast. So I, I guess I'll tuck it in here at the end. But uh, around the end of last year, I, I started to put together a compilation of my own covers of Cure covers just to have a batch, just to put them together, really. And um, a bunch I'd realized I'd already recorded for this or that reason way back when and I thought you know if I put them all together is there any kind of common thread and I realized oh yeah I kind of have one from almost every album and uh so I snagged the idea from the meltdown show of then to now and I realized if I have a cover from every cure official cure album that would be kind of rad so I put together this covers album I called it kiss me dead it's mostly acoustic solo acoustic just kind of demo versions but um yeah, so I put it all together, and uh, it's a playlist. It's free for download on Bandcamp. So go on over if you're remotely interested and check it out. Um, like I said, most of them are just kind of done in the style that I do my home recording albums, where you know some of them are just totally cranked out acoustic. Um, other ones, I tried to add some more layers, as if I would if it was a song that I'd written. And uh, so like I add a little melodica on M, um, some pan delay on the piano of a cover of Sugar Girl. And I mix that in over some other atmospheric stuff. So a lot of that. And, you know, it's all with the idea that, like, you know, obviously it's a Cure cover. It's kind of stupid to mess with an already perfect song. But, uh, you know, it's just too fun to not do from time to time and fun to kind of imagine how I would record this song in my uh, you know, very lo-fi indie way that I would do my own recordings if I had written one of these genius cure songs. So, and I think it works in that aspect. So I was kind of happy with the outcome. Otherwise I would have just put it out there and never mentioned it, but, uh, I think it's kind of fun to listen to. So it might be worth checking out. Um, and it's free. Like I said, it's up there. I put a link to it on the Facebook page too. So, uh, you know, be kind, but uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. There's uh, 13 tracks on there. And then I tacked on that version of A Night Like This that that I'd done for a previous episode. So anyway, um, go check it out and uh, let me know what you think. But it's a Cure cover, so it technically fits in this theme of this episode. And uh, I don't know what else to say other than subscribe on iTunes to the podcast. Find us on Instagram as the Holy Hour Podcast. And, um, you know, you could talk to us on Facebook page or just check out all the links I previously mentioned on the Holy Hour Facebook page or email me directly at gavinconnor at gmail.com. More importantly, go buy some damn t-shirts at 17secondshirts.bigcartel.com. That's Chaz's site. And uh, if there aren't any currently up there for pre-order, just keep your eyes peeled. There's going to be a lot of cool disintegration stuff coming up this year 2019 the 30th anniversary of disintegration and your boy chaz is on it um so go to his instagram 17 underscore seconds to uh really catch first wind of anything that pops up because you're going to want to jump on those fast as the pre-orders come up and uh yeah if you want to find some arusha fanzines and countless other cool gifts remixgifts.com is your place so go check it out over there and uh you know until next time i'm gonna play out with one of my hit cover songs from kiss me dead uh (laughs) the hit cover album by yours truly 
And uh, we'll catch you next week with a more official episode. Not sure which one it'll be yet, but it'll be awesome. So we'll see you soon. Talk hard.